This is J.G. Hertz, the General Mar Talker on Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to the fifth season premiere of Commentary Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And today we are introducing a third cast member, a third member of the team. Uh, we're, we're pulling a, I think, do we settle on Worf or or Seven of Nine last Worf. week? I can't remember. It's going to be Worf or it's going to be nothing. Okay, Chekhov? <laughs> Does Chekhov work? Worf's better. We'll go with Worf. Worf is Ted Baltar. <laughs> Worf. No. John. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless transition. <laughs> anyway, we are welcoming John Mills to the show. How's it going, John? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for welcoming me to the fold here. I feel, I feel excited. I feel there are great things in the air here. Me, me too. Yes. You know, it, it's one of those things where you know, we we've always thought that our conversations work better when there's a third person here. And you know, sometimes an eighth person. Sometimes an eighth person, and and we've always tried to get people on who, you know, have some sort of attachment to what we're talking about, which is perfectly fine and well to do when we're talking about things like Battlestar Galactica, or you know, um, Star, another thing, Star Trek without spaceships. Yeah, Indiana Jones, for example. Indiana Jones. There are spaceships in Indiana Jones as of the fourth movie. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> But if we were to um, talk about, say, Quincy M.E., which we may or may not do in a, in a week or two, yeah. that's that's harder to find someone to, to talk to. So we figured if we, we could find an old guy, we could find an old guy. That's true. I'm sure he would know. <laughs> I'm old but, enough. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not enough for Quincy. Yeah, maybe I don't think any of us are old enough for Quincy. I don't know. Reruns. Yeah. Here and there, yes, yes, but you don't have a passion for Quincy, is my guess, anyway. I'm guess not we'll sure that. It, well, you know, Klugman had quite a passion for for Quincy. Oh yeah, okay. good times. But we figured, you know, instead of trying to find someone each week, we should just have someone who's here each week, regardless. And John, you know, you seem like you have a, a pretty uh, good um, knowledge, and uh, I guess. Uh, fandom of things outside of star trek and we've had you on the show a couple of times and we've thought that you know the the chemistry has worked really well so we thought oh john he's he's the answer to all of our problems he'll watch quincy right gladly are you kidding are you kidding the the opportunity to watch quincy the opportunity to traipse through the uh the vast wasteland of television and find hidden gems here and there uh, or things that uh, a lonely lad living in the middle of nowhere had to watch on syndicated reruns on UHF stations every Saturday night. Yeah, that's re- that's reliving the good times for me. Excellent. Yes, that's why you're our man. So, yes, we're 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 very happy to to have you as part of the team. And we figured this week, before we get into any specific uh, creators or or topics. We would just uh, take give, it easy. Yeah, take yeah. it easy. Take give, the easy road. <laughs> Kick back. Give people an introduction to you and see where you're coming from in terms of Star Trek and and all of this other stuff. Because we've co- covered a, a lot of ground already, and uh, 
you know, uh, figured maybe we should get a, a long chance road. to ca- catch up. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the, the in here is that uh, it's really my cousin's fault. Uh, when I was growing up, I was originally a Star Wars kid. Not like the, not like the Star Wars kid, which I think is a trademark. But um, I was a Star Wars kid and uh, got introduced to Star Trek by way of my cousin who was hardcore Trek fan, uh, a couple of years older than me, and did you know uh, diagrams of the Enterprise in uh, his technical drawing class. Those sorts of things. Played the old board games and uh, watched the animated series. And he was my doorway into it. Mm-hmm. And then Next Generation was really that was the cement. You know, the the movies were the gateway drug. And then Next Gen made me realize there was this whole wonderful thing to go through. And uh, signed on the way everybody else did at that time. So so you watched Next Gen when it first aired? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. That was uh, that was a mandatory viewing that was a race home from whatever we were doing as a family and get to the television and turn on that old zenith and use the pliers to change the channel and get there excellent see kids back in the day television was awful <laughs> hey i had I, a rock and you had to be screen. there at the right time and you had to have pliers <laughs> yes it was and yeah and of course chances are Next Gen was on a UHF channel. Yeah, you needed yep. to have a relative to stand near the TV holding the antenna in a particular orientation. Oh. And for some reason, when they let go of it, the signal got a lot worse, so they had to just stand there for like an hour. Or but, your, you know, it was cool. Or my mom would decide to start vacuuming downstairs when Star Trek was on. It was like, Mom, oh. wait for an hour, please. <laughs> or upstairs, or next door. <laughs> yep, just about anywhere. So, so what about uh, the later spinoffs? Were you into those as well? I was. Uh, Deep Space Nine uh, is really, that's, that's my top choice for any of the series that they had. Um, you know, I love Next Gen the, way, the same way everybody else did, but like Deep Space Nine was the one that uh, got its hooks into me most of all because I bought into it more. Uh, the idea that maintaining this perfect world and this perfect piece was going to be a lot of work and was going to involve a lot of personality conflicts from time to time. However, I will say that uh, Enterprise didn't really grab me, but it, it's gaining on the rewatch through Netflix. And Voyager, while it still has yet to really find a, a way into my soul, possesses uh, the distinction of being the only series outside of the series finale of Deep Space Nine to ever bring me to tears. Uh, with the episode where the doctor created his own family. Because uh, the end of that episode, you know, to borrow a line from a famous Bill Murray movie, Niagara Falls, Frankie. Ah, uh, Scrooge. Yep. And <laughs> so that episode of Voyager, I think, even though the series never really um, got a hold of me, that stands, I think, as one of Trek's finest hours on television. So Deep Space Nine, that's your favorite of all of them, or is that just your favorite of the spinoffs? Oh, no, that's my favorite of all of them. I thought that, uh, especially after season three, which I think is everybody's, you know, demarcation point of when they got their act together. But even the earlier seasons on rewatch really resonate. Like, for me, I really like the fact that they had the Bajorans be such a spiritual 
race and find a place in Star Trek for a culture that didn't completely eschew religion, you know, mm-hmm. that, that had a sense of maybe there's a place for it. And even if you don't buy into it, it's not an altogether bad thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, to have as part of a culture. It also helps when your gods straight up exist. Yes. <laughs> when they interact with you, that's yeah. always a plus. Yeah, well, I think we're in agreement that uh, Deep Space Nine is... Well, I, Well, the other day Max was saying that maybe the original series was better because it was more significant. But I think the original series, its, it's impact on society makes it de facto better. But um, I, I definitely agree with you on Deep Space Nine, and um, Max, I think would also agree that Deep Space Nine is up there with the uh, top two, at least. I, I think it's as well made as anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only downfall is that it was made, like, 20 years too late. Yeah. If it had been made in the 70s, that would have been a humongous game changer. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I think that Deep Space Nine, like, a lot of it, resonates so much today in, in some ways it was still ahead of its time i mean especially the the episode arcs that dealt with you know the, the balance between terrorism and the police state and security when the dominion yeah. took the war to earth and cisco's own father you know uh, had the the fight with him about how far is too far to secure everybody oh no it's definitely it definitely has its prescient moments i'm uh, like i'm not dis- dismissing that at all i'm saying that the only the only distinction is that, that star trek was radically original and by the time t space nine came around it had been copied to the point where its originality had been just significantly diluted okay and it's yeah. not star trek's own fault it's just history i get what you're saying it's more about you know the actual show itself than the, the themes that it was dealing with and yeah that kind of thing yeah. When a thing happens is very important. But it is interesting, I mean, like you're saying, how they almost predicted so many things that would, were to happen, you know, just a few years later, even. You know, it, it, it's kind of scary how often that happened on that show. Some of it's not, like, prescience is so much as being aware of the nature yeah. of history. That's like, true. Like, oh, yeah, you get freaked out about something and everybody goes crazy. Mm-hmm. That's not new. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true so we we've covered a lot of uh different creators over the past 104 episodes or however many it's been and and we've also that many exactly 104 episodes we've also covered a lot of uh their work uh for you what what are some of the standouts some of the things that you may have missed i know we had you on for a few episodes we had you on for hell house and uh yeah. None of those are available options. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens and, and, and World War Z. Yeah. Some of them maybe not your favorites, but, uh, but what are some of your favorites? Uh, wow. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I would say that, um, I mean, Matheson, he would definitely be up there. Um, I would say that uh, Will Wheaton, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much for body of work, just as, so much as a guy who figured out his place, you know, and I, I think largely due to Star Trek. I think that he is not unrecognized. That's a terrible word for it. Uh, I would say that, that Will Wheaton has done a great deal to make it hip to be uh, geeky, 
you know, I, I think that he's he's opened up a lot of inroads with that. So I have a lot of respect for him uh, for for that reason. Um, and I would say, you know, actually, I mean, as much as I tend to be a nitpicker and sort of, you know, take shots at him from time to time, Abrams, I have to acknowledge as, you know, he is a very creative guy and he's, you know, he tends to know what he's doing. Um, so I, ha you know, I have to give a lot of respect to him, but just in, in terms of creators overall, you know, there, I mean, there are so many that have taken part in Star Trek by this point that it's, it, it's difficult to encapsulate. And I will say that actually, thanks to having been on before, I did go back and rewatch Into Darkness and really oh, yeah. tried very hard to divorce myself from the whole con thing and just look at it as a film. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that my view of it softened somewhat. Mm -hmm. I still think it has problems. I'm still not nuts about the way it wraps up. But it's better than I gave it credit for. So maybe I need to stop kicking Damon Lindelof in the teeth quite so much and acknowledge that the guy has, you know, he has a bit of talent and he's, you know, I, I give him a break. I got, I got to, I got to be a little bit kinder to him. So your view is softened, but it's still hard enough to stab someone. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some okay. pointed criticisms. Yeah. Some sharpened pointed criticisms. <laughs> yes. Chrome plated. I mean, it's interesting because like we talked to you about a couple of Lindelof, movies you know one of them was uh cowboys and aliens which you had seen and uh yeah. you were disappointed by that one right still disappointed that one i have not softened on at all but okay. i'm willing to spread a little bit more blame around on that one okay th fair enough than just pinning it on lindelof <laughs> and and the other one was uh world war z which you hadn't seen prior to mm -hmm. uh us talking about it and yet it seems like there are some Damon Lindelof things, or maybe at least one, which you are... Maybe at uh, most one. <laughs> <laughs> which you are a very big fan of. Oh, is, Lost? Is yeah, clear? like, Lost, I have almost a shutdown. Uh, like, when, when it floats into my brain, so many people got sick and tired of me talking about it that, like, the word comes in and there's almost like a, in a an emergency shutdown valve that's like, don't talk about Lost yet. <laughs> Hold back. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Losty all the way to the end. Love everything about that series. Even the, even the, the first half of the third season that everybody beats up on. I too hate the Jack tattoo episode, but I still liked what they did in the first half of season three. Don't ask. Don't ask. Yeah. I, I've, don't ask. I've only seen season it's, one. I honestly, need to it's not even, it. the explanation isn't even worth it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it probably for this show. I'm here's, here's, here's the thing, John, here's the thing about this show. There are episodes of that show that you can skip. <laughs> yeah. And you don't lose anything. Perhaps that's true, but obviously that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to skip anything. I'm going to watch it all, all the way through eventually. It but, pays off. The en okay. The ending of the, as as much as Lindelof has gotten beaten up for his endings, I stand by the lost ending. And I liked it. And I'm sorry that he finally got browbeaten into that quote-unquote apology to everybody for the ending of Lost. I thought that was unfair. Yeah. I think that is just somebody who finally got defeated and just said, fine, whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can see that. I always felt bad for him about that. Wow. You know? 
I mean, it was just because, I mean, it was like he was kind of so bullied. I mean, he he left Twitter because of that, because he was just like, that's it. I'm done. Oh, it was just that. No, well, it was a constant There wasn't some groupie that was was still contacting him, and he didn't (laughs) want to deal with that. So he thought like, oh, I know, I'll use Lost as the excuse. (laughs) I have a feeling that's not the case, but I don't know. No, the the Lost finale, there's nothing wrong with the Lost finale. It's The problem is that uh, the people were expecting the finale to be something that the show wasn't, which was silly. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know what the finale of Lost was, but Turns I can take a guess. Turns out it was run by aliens. Aliens ran the Dharma <laughs> Initiative. They built the island. The island is a flying saucer, and it takes off. The, the, thing, the thing that I've always Wouldn't that have been said, better? Honestly, wouldn't it have been better? That would have been better. Only if it all took place in the dreams of uh, an autistic boy looking at a snow globe. <laughs> The same one? The exact same one. <laughs> I mean, my my take on that has always been like, as soon as I heard that there were people who were upset about the ending, I thought, let me guess, not everything's explained. And as someone who's seen just one season of Lost, I w- was kind of shocked at that response because, I mean, obviously... It's not going to all be explained. It's not. No, no, no. Suppo- the, the problem isn't that there's there's no explanation. The problem is that the explanation is lame. Okay. All right. Well, like maybe, at the, okay. like the end of season one, you're waiting for that hatch to be open. Guess what's in that hatch? Nothing interesting. Okay. All right. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I'm wall. Gonna... That one wall in that. Yeah, that wall's fascinating. I, I, I'm going to watch it for myself for sure. Probably, probably for this episode, for, for this show, especially since that would be uh, a good thing to do. I'm, I'm guessing that that's going to be something that that you're going to want to talk about, John, at some point. Oh um, yeah, lost. Uh, yeah. Now, now, what about? I mean, just because you know, we're talking about Damon Lindelof, have have you watched his new show, The Leftovers? No, I have not. Okay, are you interested in it? Absolutely, or? I am. Okay, yeah, I've got a lot of uh, got a lot of Walking Dead and a lot of. Um, well, actually, I'm finally caught up on Walking Dead, but that's not, I don't think nope. any Star Trek readers are tied to that. <laughs> it's it's kind of the nature of things, and this show doesn't exactly help, you know, because you know, you're watching Magnum PI or Blue Thunder. No, because, don't. Yeah. Oh, why yeah. did you do that? Uh, oh, you know, but no. I mean, I, it's the same way with me. I mean, that's why I haven't watched Lost. It's not that I've been avoiding it. It's that I've had other things that I've needed to watch more, you know, yeah. Clone Wars, getting through Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, Clone Wars is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so what about, uh, did you Clone see, Wars. did you see the trailer for, for his new movie, uh, Tomorrowland? Yeah, it looks really good. I, it I, does, doesn't I, it? You know, me coming with a controversial view there. Uh, I don't think anybody else thought that it looked good. <laughs> Did you see the trailer, Max? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Brett, Brett. No, I know, but I know about the movie. I okay. haven't seen this trailer. Okay. The only trailer I've seen recently is um, the Avengers one. That's because that was on Hulu. Yeah, I don't watch trailers, man. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks cool too, and that, that that that'll be an exciting one to to talk about as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and also you got. Um, Claudio Miranda shooting that one, the new uh, Star Trek cinematographer. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, a um, pox upon you for making me care so much about cinematography and <laughs> aspect ratio and all of those things. Like, seriously. You're not looking forward to CTS to one? <laughs> well, then that makes you a person. <laughs> I, uh, I like that because you had the, the recent exchange on Twitter talking about uh, the Star Trek Six Blu-ray and DVD and seventy millimeter print and everything, and 
Not only did I actually understand everything that was being talked about, I cared a lot. And I was like, yes, I held on to my DVD. And that was the right, right call. I know, right? I know. I've been saying that for the past like 10 years and mm-hmm. no one's been listening to me. But you Well, know. at this point, this is a good chance to end it all now that you know all of it. <laughs> There's, but no, yeah. there's no getting that out of your head now, just I, so you know. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, these cinematographers and people are, you know, getting some recognition, you know, and everyone is excited o- over the fact that the Zero Dark Thirty guy is shooting the Godzilla guy's Star Wars movie. And yeah. it's like, that That makes me happy that, that these people who normally no one pays attention to are, are getting attention. And that's, you know, kind of what this show is all about in yeah. a sense i'm gonna pay a lot of people a lot of money to make sure that the last words you hear when you don't have a <laughs> breath left in your body are oh that's in two three five to one <laughs> oh, God. the last thing you hear <laughs> that, would be, that would be terrible that would so be as terrible. you drift into the darkness you're like no <laughs> yep that's what i want uh, yeah it's very uh, important to me that that happens that would be terrible but, you know <laughs> whatever but yeah, I mean, like people like Cla- Claudio Miranda, you know, I, I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah. But who who are you excited to talk about? Who are some uh, people that maybe we haven't covered, or maybe some aspects of their careers that we haven't touched on that you want to? Or some ratios. Take a look yeah. at. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Manny Cotto, um, because I think the guy gets television, and he mm-hmm. had a hand in um, some of my favorite work for. I still haven't watched the last season, but Dexter. Um, okay. Hmm. And 24. I mean, I love Jack Bauer and I love everything about that show. So, you know, that's a huge plus. Um, I think Nimoy is an interesting guy to explore because I think that once he left the Star Trek films, I think you saw the weight of his influence, like what he brought to it, even though he didn't always get you know, like writing credit or like he had, he obviously had a hand in those first six. And once he left, you saw the void and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'd like to take a look at some of Shatner's work again, oh, like kingdom hey. of the spider. Okay. Kingdom of the spider. I've never seen that one, but spiders, spiders. Was it, oh, wait, was it plural? I thought it was, yeah. No, I thought it was just, I thought it was singular. Sorry. Well, we can look it up and see. Me There's just more than one sure. spider. Oh, man. I mean, he's done some great stuff. He did, uh, uh, what was the Esperanto movie? Oh. Uh, Incubus. Incubus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he, well, he was also in Twilight Zone. And, of course, who can forget T.J. Hooker? No, that's true. Nobody can forget T.J. Hooker. It is required by law that we remember T.J. Hooker. Very true. Yeah, I mean, Shatner is definitely, I mean, he's someone who we've almost done a million times, and then we need to cover someone else for one reason or another. Because they died. Yeah, usually because they died. And, you know, it's like uh, we will get to Shatner very, very soon because there's plenty of, of ways to tackle it. You know, the, the thing that we've always talked Every about Every time is, this happens, I feel like he's going to die. <laughs> no, he's not going to die. You can't kill William Shatner. I mean, you know, there's like all the movies where he plays himself. You know, there's uh, all of his albums. You know, I mean, that's something I definitely want to look at at some point. I remember when, uh, when The Transformed Man was difficult enough to procure on CD that I had to like track it down at a like a, a little backwoods CD store that had, uh, you know, like bootlegs and stuff like that. I had to pay 
uh, some exorbitant amount, but I, I I had through the '90s the William Shatner album on CD, and I tortured people with it. Like it was a it was a thing of pride to sneak it into the CD player and just surprise people with it. And it it was oh so fantastically awful. It's still one of my favorites. I think it's great. In fact, that's the only thing that I've ever bought at auction at a uh, Star Trek convention. You know, they always have like pictures, and they they are they're always selling them for like way more money than than they're worth, and you know, treating them as like great deals that you're getting. And you, they have everything laid out on the table beforehand so that you can see what you want at this auction. And they had a copy of Transformed Man on LP, and I'm like, that will be mine. Yeah. And sure enough, I got it. It's hanging on my wall right now. It's it's amazing. Well, the thing is, Transformed Man is it's such a perfect illustration of Shatner himself because it's this attempt at this artistic commentary slash high art project that he's trying to do, but it's so overblown that it's just everything that's fun about him. You know, just he's trying to do this concept art that is just not clicking. And, you know, it's an idea that you have that you should wake up in the next morning and say, eh, maybe not. Yeah, I agree. It's it's very, very interesting when you hear him describe what it was that he was trying to do, you know, trying to bridge the gap between, you know, classic literature and pop music yeah and and that and but you got to give him an a for effort though right sure i think that it's fascinating when somebody tries to bridge two things that don't have a real bridge between them but they they do i want to bridge spicy candies and time travel (laughs) but they do they have similar themes and all that stuff you know i mean i don't know it works for an atomic fireball in the shape of an eight track cassette (laughs) Which actually sounds rad now that I think about it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, John, any other creators or, or works that you're uh, looking forward to talking about? I'm not I'm not going to be picky about it. I, I think that there are so many people that have contributed to Trek over time. Like, I, I even get excited talking about uh, the score to Star Trek VI and the fact that they released a remaster. So, Cliff Eidelman. It you know to me is in play. Like I'm not terribly familiar with his entire body of work, but that's cool. You know, and and, and just talking about, uh, gosh, I mean Stuart Baird, who is a terrific editor, but reviled because of his work on Nemesis, which is just you know sort of a weird blip uh, on the landscape, so far as I'm concerned. It's you know I, I think that there are just so many possibilities of creators to talk about yeah yeah i i I agree for sure um those are two people who i i would be um excited to talk about as well and especially Stuart baird you know that's someone who we've we've uh, discussed in the past um and i think that we'll definitely get around to that yeah so okay well i think i think uh people have a pretty good idea of uh of who you are at this point i hope um is there any anything else that you want to add you know just to just so that, I don't know, for whatever reason. He does have a podcast. You could listen to that. I guess you could just listen to the. To Sorry to steal your plug from you. <laughs> hey, that, I, I appreciate you looking out for me, Max. 
I appreciate that. All right. Cool. <laughs> you can say the name of it. It's Birds with Turds. <laughs> it rhymes. Actually, we've been thinking about rebranding <laughs> to that. Um, but we're going to stick with Words with Nerds for now. Um, but I like your That's thinking. Fine. That's outside the box. It stands out. Yes, it does. I think every time we've had you on, I have come up with a different joke version of that name because <laughs> I find it very fun to say. <laughs> it's a good name. It's a good name. Nerds with birds. <laughs> hey, birds. You know, cheese. I think that ornithology actually is horribly underexplored in the podcast universe, and uh, so yeah. you know, nerds with birds would be that'd be that'd be a pretty rocking podcast. Yeah. What do you think of parrots? I think they suck. <laughs> Two stars. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun talking to John today about uh, John John Linus about yeah. About about John Linus. <laughs> Being John Ford. <laughs> but this isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek FM this past week. So here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And then next week, it's like, hey, Worf, what's going on? And he's like, oh, not much. Just, you know, yeah. walking around the bridge like, like I didn't have my spine grown, you know, last week. <laughs> Earl Grey. You know, he's on the Enterprise. He doesn't have to be written into the movie because, hey, he's on the Enterprise. Everyone's on the Enterprise. He gets you know. a chair. He gets a chair. I mean, I mean, the whole beginning is all about his promotion. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a Warp-centered uh, movie now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Orb. Even Odo wasn't able to keep his, you know, quote-unquote, hands clean. The, the fact that he has this kind of sordid past that we didn't really know about until now is really, really interesting. To the journey! I think the audience by large, or by and large, kind of saw Data as a machine and was probably a little more on the side of Maddox, as in Data is it, not he, and that sort of a thing, without even realizing it. And then Measure of a Man took us from that point to, you know what? This guy has the right to choose. Warp 5. The TV viewer who doesn't know anything about that, they're probably more like the actual people of the Enterprise era, where the idea that we would have these starships that can take us into the depths of the galaxy at Warp 5, this is all new for them as well. The Ready Room. Deep Space Nine is closer to the original series than any other Star Trek show in terms of ideals and... Yeah, conflict. There is conflict in the original series. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. What's interesting, though, is this isn't even a threat. I mean, no, no, let no. that be your last yeah. battlefield. It was a threat that Kirk was making in, in, in this episode. Picard's just like, yeah, we don't know who's taking our ship, and nobody's allowed to have our ship, so you know, let's blow it up. Commentary, Trek stars. Although there is a certain darker aspect to the story than let's say one would find in Roddenberry's version of humanity there is also room for hope literary treks I, I can see that Jean-Luc might have told her you know I was reading Janeway's logs and can you believe that Q got married and has a son continuing mission you're watching the man trap and then for no reason at all, they go into the botany, well, I want to call it the botany bay, even though I know that's not right, the botanical. <laughs> a, I think it's just botany room. The botany room. <laughs> and there's this person's hand in a pink glove as a space yep. plant. And you're just like, what? <laughs> Melodic Treks. The Lighty Thompson Holiday Company advert. 
in the United Kingdom features William Shatner's rendition of the Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Axonar, the official podcast. And as soon as I got back to LA, um, I sat down and in about three or four days wrote this demo suite of uh, four cues. And, you know, thankfully it resonated with Alec and, and Christian, and you know, here, here we are. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows to find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search in iTunes. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone. And of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. One way that you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. If you want to contact us, you can fill out the form on trek.fm slash contact. Uh, if you, you can send us a voicemail, just look at the sidebar of the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm. Now, we talked about how To The Journey is the only show which to has had... Journey. Uh, a voicemail come through so far. Now, over on Standard Orbit, I put out a challenge to our listeners to uh, provide us with at least two voicemails in the next week. Yeah. So for our listeners, I'm going to say, let's get three. Come on, three voicemails. We'll I, play them on I, the air. I challenge you. I cha- We challenge you. I've... I don't think that anybody has the guts to do it. Yeah, no one has the guts. I think they're all cowards, and and they all live in fear. Yeah. Prove us wrong. (laughs) Uh, You can also find (laughs) us... Just prove me wrong. (laughs) You can also find Trek FM on Twitter, at Trek FM, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM. You can also find us on Facebook as part of the Babel Conference. Just type in B-A-B-E-L... Uh, conference into the search field on Facebook or go to the website at Trek FM and click the discussion link on the menu bar. Uh, what about you, John? Where can uh, people find you? Uh, you can find me and all of my controversial opinions on Twitter at Kessel Junkie, K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E. And of course, you can uh, find me on Words with Nerds. Uh, we too are on iTunes and we too would welcome voicemails or just listeners would be great. Yeah. Uh, you can find uh, both Max and I on Twitter at ComTrackStars. You can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And you can find uh, us both on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where we do Commentary TrackStars off-topic with our friend Brandon. And you can find me right here on Trek FM doing Standard Orbit with Drew. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you can also email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com, just to make things simple for you, if you'd like. If none of those other millions of options work for you, you can just email us. (laughs) 
before we go, you can just send us candy. There you go. Oh no, wait, not me. I'm on a diet. <laughs> send me um, protein powder. There you go. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring commentary, Trek stars, and all of our shows to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for. And since you're a listener to Trek FM, you can get an audiobook for free. Now, John, uh, you've, you've read a lot of books by Star Trek creators and stuff like that. What, what do you recommend for people? Well, given the time of year, I highly recommend that if they go on over to audible.com that they should give a listen to Hell House uh, by Richard Matheson, which is a fabulous novel uh, with lots of uh, scary nooks and crannies in it. And uh, this version on Audible is unabridged and narrated by Ray Porter, who, uh, who brings the spookiness to you. No better way to celebrate early November. <laughs> hey, you know, for me, Halloween is a yes. year-round thing, actually, but, you know. Absolutely. Same is true of witches. That's <laughs> and, what he's saying. You're saying that you're a witch. And and you can find this book uh on audible.com. You can get it for free since you listen to commentary Trek Stars and Trek FM. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with the 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Trek FM and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Trek FM. And we thank Audible for supporting Commentary, Trek Stars, and the network. All right. Well, that, that's it for, for our, our fifth season premiere. We've successfully brought on uh, a third cast member, which... Uh, to rejuvenate the show in its later season. <laughs> exactly. Because we're running out of energy. I'm a marketing And player. we don't have enough storylines left. <laughs> Yes, and uh, uh, I'm going to take more of a backseat role. I'm going to appear <laughs> not in every episode. Yep. Oh, I'm pulling a Duchovny. I will be in nine episodes this season. <laughs> and in one next season. Do I have to live yep. above uh, anybody's garage in order for this to work? Um, I don't know. We'll, for we'll the spinoff, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see how this goes. But uh, we'll, For we'll... one of the 11 spinoffs that we will do, <laughs> that might be necessary. We'll keep you posted. We'll give you a new backstory, though. <laughs> that works. Well, that's it for this week. We will be back next week. Uh, more back to our regular stuff. We're going to start a new series in which we take a look at Star Trek Voyager co-creator Jerry Taylor. <laughs>